This is the 49th episode of the Real Life Diabetes Podcast, featuring its founders, Amber Clore and Ryan Feidmaster, where we discuss the evolution of diabetes technology, the power of sleep, and knowing and better understanding type 2 diabetes. One minor inconvenience, a little thing called diabetes is the daily grind and the daily grind and it grinds and grinds and grinds. Really appreciate your help there at the end of the intro line. That's what we do. I, I totally forgot whatever the third thing was we're talking about. We're a DDG partnership. Yeah. Yeah. Partnership. And my God, we're decision fatigued. It's decision fatigue. I mean, it's the new it's the new thing that we say anytime something bad. Happens. I'm gonna start. I mean, I might have that tattooed on me. It's Decision fatigue. Like, on I mean, weeknight. yeah, we've worked a full day. We've, you know, there's a lot going on. Here, there's a lot going on. But that's not to say yeah. this wasn't a quality episode because you and I hadn't actually had a conversation really in the past two months. Right. I've been out of town. You've been really busy. So it was yeah. time to sit down and do a show just to catch up. And you know, I will say too, in looking at past podcast episodes, it wasn't. It was only in episode 29. Which which is was the let's catch up. So this was another one of those episodes where we really did touch on where have you been, what are you doing, and what are we learning right now. So what excites us? Uh, what's happening? What are some of the things that we're hearing from people that we know? What's changing in the DOC? What's changing? And we address some of the feedback too that yeah, we've heard from people yeah. about the show. Address some of the questions people have had about what we're doing, and and really yeah, sure it up some of the, the blank spots and, and then show, that we've covered in the last few months. And show a little bit more comp- and this came naturally not because we were hounded with comments or whatever but um, a, a little bit more compassion for the type 2 community as we're both better understanding it through our professional careers. Absolutely and, and, and some of that comes from some of the feedback we've received through email and we felt like talking about it today during the show. Definitely. Uh, just because we've both changed um, because we've had people with type 2 diabetes be on the show We've read many articles about it. We've both interacted with people mm-hmm. who have type 2 diabetes and see it in a different light than we did a couple of years ago. Yeah. I, I know I do. Yeah. Well, I think with anything, if you're oh, continuing to expand your horizons when it comes to your personal, professional, or spiritual life, that you, you do have to realize that there is an evolution there and a change. And I think addressing it makes you a more a, a, a kinder person. Right. So that's my little spiritual soapbox I love it yeah a little more compassion a little more compassion we all need it okay and with that are you ready to go into we got some show notes we do we have show notes and announcements oh there's the same those are the same things right okay so before we get into all the standard fare oh yeah that we usually talk about let's address a few things specifically okay so we heard recently back from someone who emailed us through our info diabetesdailygrind.com account Mm -hmm. where they wanted us to talk about some of the things that go along with the trial net process that we usually oh, yeah. don't discuss yeah. because we're always talking about, Hey, do we, would we want to know? Would we not want to know? Yeah. Where do we stand in this whole antibodies process? And she brought up some really high quality evidence yeah. that goes along with this and really showed a part of this that I hadn't thought about before. And specifically as a part of some of the research that she sent us, one of our listeners, um, one line in particular stands out, and it's this, only 3% of trial net study participants in one of their particular studies were hospitalized at diagnosis compared with 44% of age and sex match- matched children diagnosed in the community, meaning that having a heads up on if somebody were going to be diagnosed with lowered type 1 diabetes. Lowered the hospitalization rate. Lowered the hospitalization and DKA. lowered the DKAs. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of benefits. So, the shift into... 
having diabetes, unfortunately, you know, it was a lot as a much smoother road. Much smoother road. She, That's a she good also, way of putting it. Yeah, yeah, just much smoother. Interesting. Yeah. So. That's uh, it's an interesting point. And thank you for sharing that with us. Who is the person on that? Can we say that? Um, you know, it I, doesn't I, matter. I don't think she I don't yeah. think she was worried about that. Okay. Yeah. But I thought it was a good point that needed to be shared with the group. Yeah. Um also we have a testimonial from a guy um who reached out to us just talking about the impact that the show had had and I thought it'd be fun to share with the group. That'd be great. Sound good? Okay. So this is Chris from Marlboro, Massachusetts. I uh, heard her episode. His daughter, while under four years old, has been diagnosed for a year now. Uh, hearing her episode from a parent's perspective was unintentional, but great that he learned from that episode, especially, yeah, in particular. He's already telling um, other parents about it because it talks about accommodations, which he'd never thought of before. And he's referencing that episode with, with Ideen. Yeah. Ideen. And, and so that was, that was pretty cool. That was That's good to hear lovely. from him. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. The message is spreading. So thanks for reaching out, Chris. Um, in addition to that, we got to get to our standard announcements here. Standard announcements. That's right. Oh, yeah. You're supposed to do like your heavy metal one. Okay. So, yeah, let, we're, you know, like, love, and share us. The more you get the word out, the better, you know, the, the more people it impacts. And, and just through that last testimonial that you were talking about, you know, we, we really appreciate that gentleman sharing. Well, I, I'd be curious how he found us. A, but B, share, spreading the word. And hopefully the parents that are listening to this aren't scared. Maybe we're giving them a little bit more of a glimpse into the real life and hopeful that their kids will have a wonderful regular life, whatever. Our intention is to inspire hope (laughs) that there's, there's a a bright ending on the end of whatever your journey is, whatever that that is. Um, what else? If you want to throw, we're going to say this out and we know we would really like your input. Should you have any, if you've tried you know, like I said, we're not a nonprofit. We're not a for-profit necessarily either. We're just trying to break even in order to keep the shows coming and and keep up with all the technology expenses that we have with uh, the Diabetes Daily Grind website. And so if you have a little change you can throw our way, that would be great because it keeps the lights on here, even though we don't have an actual, it's our home, <laughs> we don't have an office. But um, and it's also like I've had the opportunity to be, we both had the opportunity to go to other parts of the country to interview people and to do things. And with, you know, Ryan's a medical school. I'm a, we just, it's just not an, it's just not there. So if you have something to give to help us get out there more, especially to go be a part of the T1D exposed launch party, which is happening in November, you know, we'd be incredibly grateful. Yep. The link is located inside the show notes. So, and yeah, we've been using PayPal. We're looking at other options. So if you have any problems with using what we have, let us know. We would like that to be an easy, easy way to give. Right. And, and another easy way to give is Amazon. Amazon. Click on the banner right Shaka. side of the DDG homepage. We're coming into the holidays. We're coming into the holidays hot. There, so, yeah. There's a lot of sugar-free gummy bears to be given away at Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I have to say really quick, Google sugar-free gummy bear we put this in the show notes in the last episode. I have never laughed that hard. I made everyone in my office read it. Brings you to tears. It's absurd. Yeah, links are in the last episode. Yeah, comments on what the sugar-free gummy bears have done to people's bowels. <laughs> it's, it's not pleasant. It's not. Okay, any other announcements? That's all. I think that's it. It's time to get into the show. Yes, I'm alive. So welcome to fall, everybody. Woo! I'm alive One 
minor inconvenience, a little thing called diabetes. And we're back. We're back. <laughs> Not as whiny as usual um, on that one, but yeah, Ryan and I, we haven't seen each other. Are you other. insinuating that you I sound you a little bit whiny sometimes, considering if it was when we record the podcast, podcast at the end of the day. I think it's honesty. It is honesty. It's just honesty shining it's through. It's real life. In a whiny tone. Yeah. <laughs> if I had a deeper voice, it'd be a lot more powerful. But By the way, we haven't heard anybody who listens to the show comment that you have a whiny Sound a little, little no, nasally. Nobody, nobody's ever said that. No. This is big allergy season, too. It is big allergy season. Yeah, so... Do the allergies impact your blood sugar? Probably. I'm on so much mm-hmm. allergy medication and I'm using my inhaler right now that I don't even know. Are you still nettying? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So you netty. Every day. Mm-hmm. I was out for a couple of days and I could tell you tell the difference. And I got bloody noses. Mm-hmm. Bloody noses? A bloody nose some mornings. Ridiculous. Yeah. Okay, well, best of luck. <laughs> you know, allergies are hard around here. They it's are hard. tough. Mm-hmm. And this year, we had a second wave of mega rain so when things should have been drying out and dwindling out it was like a whole new wave which was awesome i didn't have to water my plants but by god flowers came back and they're it's like bam my eyeballs are like slits (laughs) (laughs) anyway too much if you just heard a big uh trash truck come by it's because we're sitting in amber's like corner sunroom second story second story and so we're right next to the street it's beautiful you're getting the sounds of oklahoma city yeah my little neighborhood. So yeah, we decided to rally after a very, it's only Wednesday, busy week. (laughs) (laughs) Ryan has just returned home from California Mm -hmm. from, what is it called? Santa Rosa. Not the town. What the hell were you doing there? (laughs) (laughs) Santa Rosa, which is on fire right now, right? Yeah, Santa Rosa. You left in flames. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really (laughs) devastating. I mean, what's going That's on? It's so there? sad. Yeah, yeah. it's awful. And, uh, yeah, it's it's happened everywhere. Um, I wasn't aware really how dry Northern California is this time of year until I got there. Then you look around and it's just solid yellow grass, and all of it's really really dry. So, and then you know you see these trees that are green, but then everything's just yellow and brown. Hmm. So it's it was set for a, a lot while. Of fuel. I don't really know the cause of most of them, but it's taken off everywhere, and there's a lot of homes that have been destroyed, and so it's pretty sad. But I was there. Um, um, taking part in like an integrative medicine rotation, spent some time out there, watched chronic diseases get um, a different kind of treatment, really focused on nutrition, lifestyle, and patients responded really well. So it was encouraging, learned a lot. Learned a lot. I don't foresee that ever, that lifestyle being big in Oklahoma, but I'm oh, glad man, that places, coming. well, it's coming. If I mean, everything starts on either, in my mind, and on either coast when it comes to that stuff. So you know, maybe by the time, you know, 2085, it'll trickle down to the Bible Belt. I think that's probably a reasonable, reasonable date. No, you, you know, what's interesting though, is that you, you know, this whole like plant-based vegan diet thing. It's getting more. It, it's kind of a barometer. Yeah. And, and plus people eating paleo and uh, ketogenic, mm-hmm. that stuff's everywhere all across Oklahoma City. Like every other patient I talk to is eating in one of those two diets right now. So there's an open-mindedness. I don't know if our environment around people is set up yet to really support healthy behaviors. Yeah, like, but you know, we gotta, we're getting better on our sidewalks and like our, 
our bicycle lanes. And well, and restaurants are doing a better job of... Restaurants are getting better. And down to even... I'm thinking of more of the mom and pop places here locally that has the V or it has the gluten-free options and things like that. And I'm, I really applaud their efforts there, especially as a small, smaller community. But then you also have, you know, Chick-fil-A that has, you know, we has superfoods. So if you don't want the waffle fries, they've got a broccoli kale salad. And so you're seeing more of an effort because we're demanding it, I think at some, some level. Yeah. You know, and we were, uh, we were talking about this today in clinic back and forth about how, with how perfect people are trying to eat now with ketosis and trying to stay under 40 carbs or somebody who's eating plant-based who never wants to be introduced to even butter on anything Right. about how there's this like black and white, good or bad when it comes to food. Which can be really dangerous because say somebody can only eat a Chick-fil-A or that's something where their kids like to eat. Yeah. And instead of just making a healthy choice of eating a grilled chicken sandwich and getting a salad. Right. They just say, oh, well, heck with it. I'm, I'm going to have animal products at all. I might as well just, yeah, but eat you know, fries I think and a chicken sandwich. That's another thing. And you brought this up last night. So Ryan and I had dinner with our homie, Mark Carter. Marky Mark. He's with Insula and um, one of their new reps. But anywho... Uh, when it comes to food, and you brought up people with diabetes have a, I don't know, please correct me, but a higher level of anxiety with certain things. And I had mentioned to you recently about some other anxieties, but one in particular that I have really is really come to light at work because, you know, most people when they leave for lunch, they, oh, you know, I'll just cruise down to Mazio's and grab a couple slices of pizza and whatever. I'm a Nazi. I mean, I am not, not it's to the point I think I'm being unhealthy mentally because I will go to the grocery store down the street, pick out everything that I'm going to eat for the week. You know, like I showed you those garbanzo beans and I always eat a salad. And I mean, it's just like, I can't just be the person that goes and eats something like that. Mm. And for me to flip the switch, it's almost like a little guilty pleasure, like, or I have to force myself. Uh, I see. And I have not found the balance. I'm totally out of whack. Well, if we go back way in time to like little, Amber, <laughs> way back in the day, if we go back, why do you think this developed, you know, over time? What was, what was the point of this coping mechanism? Oh, I mean, I don't know about coping mechanism, but it's like, I've always well, made... defense mechanism. It's kind of like a, it's a strategy that you use on a daily basis. But I think that I hold myself so accountable, it's to a fault. Mm. Like I beat myself up. And that was like when in high school with working out. Yeah, I was still smoking cigarettes and doing stupid stuff, but I had to work out every single day or it was like, it, it was it just, I felt so guilty. Mm. So there was an unhealthy level of, you know, it's, I don't know. You know, it's it, diabetes infiltrated all of our decisions, you know, growing up. Yeah. Yeah. It was everywhere. And there's some good to what you've done because you count things and you're disciplined. Right. Which helps a lot because, I mean, we know that counting carbs and all these things lead to A1C, like in quotes, success, you know? Yeah. Um, and so it's there for a reason. But it's hard because, you know, the flexibility is also important for, you know, the quality of go life the flow and the quality of life. And Like one of the best things that I've done has been when, before you left to go out of town, the couple of times that we went to the Chartel, Chartel, God, I can't even say it, Chartel Cafe. And allowed myself, A, somebody else to cook me something. Mm. B, I let loose and had hash browns. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> well done, but I New mean, Year's resolution complete. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how simple and stupid that sounds, but you know, now I, I there's wa- a lot of people out there who relate to that though, God. because we've, we've like fought We're our entire routine, lives rut. Be, because we've had to be responsible for everything, all the food and all of our lifestyle choices. And we see, well, don't you think part of the anxiety too is because like every time we make a choice about anything, diabetes, we is see a factor. it in our blood sugar. Oh yeah. So it's like, there's nowhere for us to go. We can't hide from, we can't like, we can't displace any responsibility because we see every choice we make show up in our blood sugar. Well, and it's just like, we talked about this a second ago. You know, Ryan got to my house before I did and whatever. Um, he was eating. I came in, dro- dropped my bags and I left the office a little bit late because I got on the, I, I, my blood sugar was 107, checked my Dexcom. I'm trying to make a point just to get on the treadmill, even if it's for a couple of minutes, just to step away from the office, which I work in a wellness center. So I'm still in the office, but I knew my blood sugar was 107. I'm like, I'm going to get on here for 11 minutes and I just want to see what it does. By the time I got off the treadmill, 11 minutes later, it was at 85. Wow. And it was already kind of starting to trend down, but the arrows were not Mm -hmm. down. So by the time I, you know, packed my bags and whatever, it was about 73, I think. And I had eaten um, about a fourth of an apple, a little, little cheese. I don't even know what they're called. And then, um, Literally, I mean, like the small two bites of a cliff bar. And by the time I got home, 35 minutes later, it was 183. No, it was one something, double errors up. I'm like, son of a bitch, I probably ate 15 carbs, maybe. Mm-hmm. And now it's riding at 181. So, as we, and, you, and then you were rolling low, and mm-hmm. it's just like, damn. Well, it's there. It's always it's there. there. Yeah. It's always there. Yeah. And then I thought about the decision to fatigue and all the stuff on the drive home, like what we've been talking about lately and sharing that with other people. Like I didn't even think that it, I did not realize that existed. Definitely. It's now I recognize it. Mm -hmm. I'm exhausted because I have had to keep myself alive. Yeah. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) You know what I mean? I do. Yeah, I do. Okay. So think if you had to go, okay. So going back in time and looking at like whenever you saw the double arrows up after you'd ate, and you were trying to recover. Did you correct nope. at that point? Mm-mm. So you let it go because then by the time the show started, you were at 180 and you plateaued. Yep. I'll just, let it ride. I'll me. let it roll because I knew how many carbs I had put in my body for the most part. And that was a quick spike, but I knew that it would level out. And I'm, you know, I look here in a second and I, I bet it's starting to trend down. That's the importance too of like counting your carbs. Yeah. You know, and knowing what goes in the body. So then you don't you know, massively overcorrect, which we all do at times. Yeah. Binge. Yeah. Survival mode. I tried to explain that to somebody recently and they're like, Oh my gosh, that sounds horrible. And I was like, well, yeah, it is horrible. But your body's like, you literally, your mind takes over and says, you got to do something now or you're going to, you're going to die. Mm-hmm. You're in fight mode. Okay. Speaking of like yeah, fight or flight mode and sleep. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to bring this up. Sleep is maybe one of the most impacted <laughs> things whenever it comes to blood sugar. I don't know if we've ever really, Went in depth on sleep inside the podcast. I don't, not, not that I, think I recall. It's come up maybe, right? Hasn't it come up? I don't know. Maybe here then. I don't know. We're at episode what forty nine. Yeah, probably. I don't know. I'm sure it's. Probably That's a challenge like, for like you binge Kimball listeners. Tell us if we've ever talked about sleep. <laughs> uh, I really feel like we talked about Kelly McKeever because we've talked about everything with that dude, but sleep. So, for me, if I whenever I start to dip below like ninety or so at night, I definitely get those, not like hypoglycemia symptoms, but the like uneasiness and that like nervy anxiousness. 
you wake, becomes, you're you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. It's not like panic. It's like this like uneasiness that's right below the surface that just hangs out. And uh, I, I'm just, I'm curious to know if anybody else has a hard time sleeping when they're like right on that border edge. Going like 70, to sleep 80, or you're asleep. Going to sleep. If I'm oh, asleep yeah. and all that stuff happens, it's fine. But yeah. it's just the going to sleep part, like the triggering in. I won't go to sleep if my blood sugar is below 90. Do you, okay. Lately. So do you think that's like reflex, um, like a conditioned response based on like things that we've had happen to us whenever we were younger, like waking up and being low in the middle of the night or like waking up in a cold sweat and it's like our body trying to make us not have that happen again? Or do you think, because I feel like that's, that it could also be the fight or flight response just not letting us go to sleep because we have too much adrenaline, you know, adrenaline running and coursing through the system. I don't know about the, I mean, earlier in life, because I wouldn't, I didn't test before I went to bed. Right. Dexcom yeah. has definitely changed my life in that, you know, before I go to sleep, and I know some people say they have to take Dexcom breaks because they're so on top of, you know, like checking it. I feel like I check it at the right times. Mm -hmm. For me, it's not a constant in my face. So it's the last thing I look at when I'm brushing my, before I, I'm trying to make it a routine before I brush my damn teeth, because every time I go in, it's like, oh, 74 with a layer down. Damn it. I just brushed my teeth and now I've got to eat Two four glucose glucose tests. Tests. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. I mean, like, and then brush my teeth again yes. and floss again. So um, I, that has changed my perception on how I go to bed. Now, I will say the other morning, you know, I've written about this, whether you hallucinate, I feel like, you know, I've never taken major drugs because I already have that state with a low blood sugar, especially in the middle of the night. Right. Uh, I had two crazy ass dreams that were so real. And so like, I woke up like, whoo, oh my God. And I was like, first thing I'm going to do, because I was such a panicked anxiety ridden. I was like, I'm going to check my blood sugar. They were both fine both right. times. And so it's like, maybe what's going on here? Maybe I am crazy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Have you ever uh, tested your blood sugar in a dream? Oh, I don't know. Probably. I don't know. I don't know. I can't I think recall. I have. I think I've tested it, but it hasn't always been <laughs> what I've actually been at. Like I think I've tested before, and it's been it's been like, oh, I'm low, like in the dream. Yeah. And then you get out of the dream, and you test, and you're and you're not low. But I swear, I think that's happened before. Yeah, it's that's happened multiple times. Yeah. It's like that deep into the subconscious. Subconscious. It's not That's surprising actually, because, it, yeah. I mean, we do it every day. Well, and they say that you're, when you're, when you sleep, your mind is, you know, the slowest point, hopefully, mm -hmm. and that you're, you, you're open to other things. So maybe your body, you're listening to your body differently. I don't know. Should. If you're low, can you go to sleep? You just asked me this. No, like, are you like whenever, no, I'm not asking about like the number. If like you didn't know what your vulture was, but you could feel that you were low, would you be able to go to sleep despite feeling like you're low? I don't know because I wouldn't know I was low. I will say that the when feeling, I go to bed, the low feeling, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I do know what you're saying. Uh, no, I mean, when I go to bed, mm -hmm. I mean, I would say over the past couple of years, cause I've trained myself, I don't go to bed unless I'm going to bed. True. Like and, I and barely wants, remember taking my glasses try off. to go to bed low. Yeah. So I think I the challenge for me is like, how do I not overcorrect inside of those moments and then wake up, you know, at three or four in the morning, whenever I have to go to the restroom and be a little bit high. Now, I yeah, will so say when I get up in the middle of the night to pee, I challenge. definitely check it. Even if you feel okay, do you check it? Yeah. Just to make sure? Double check. And I will say... I usually check it too. There's time... There are times... Because you're sleepwalking damn near. I mean, like, I just want to make sure maybe my body's not... And I'm getting older and to, you know, the sensitivity to the reactions. Mm -hmm. I just think... I just want to... It'll be peace of mind and I can go back to sleep a lot easier. And... uh 
and then it's also given me the opportunity to correct in a different way. Like there are times of the month that I can't in the middle of the night because of hormones, my blood sugar is going to ride at 220. Mm-hmm. Well, when I get up at 443 to give my Lantus shot, I'll go ahead and give two units of Novolog because I don't want to wake up at 280 and two units at, at that number is not going to drop me, hopefully, below 100. Mm-hmm. And I've ridden that pretty well lately. So, and that's a new discovery. And if I wouldn't have looked at my blood sugar, I wouldn't have known. Hmm. I would have woken up puffy and with a high blood sugar. Yeah. What do you do? What do you know about puffiness in the blood sugar? Not much. <laughs> I'm thinking your cells are trying to keep some shit together. Or so. I've got to stop passing. Sorry, everybody. I'm like, how? <laughs> it's like, I don't, I've got to keep it together at work. So I let loose when I'm. It's, that's okay. Talking to friends. Yeah. Talking to friends. Uh, we're going to do some research on that. Cause I feel I mean, like blood sugar is I mean, puffiness. I mean, I, I feel like if I go into this, my, my like old, like a uh, renal and like kidney uh, professors would just cringe if I tried to we're, Okay, we're going to let that one go. We don't want Ryan to be, yeah. No, because it, I mean, there, there's definitely some issues. Like if your blood sugar is high, then the, the, the actual fluid inside your blood is going to be contract. more hypertonic, right. right? So your your cells are going to try to to possibly, you know, send, and, and this is in part true, um, it, your cells are going to try to send out water out of the cells into the bloodstream. Which makes sense why kids are peeing all the time when they're diagnosed. Yeah, it's, it's possible. Well, that's also due to, because they're just, their kidney has like a, a threshold mm-hmm. um, of when your blood sugar gets over like 180 to 200, it just automatically starts dumping sugar. And when you dump sugar, you bring water too. And so it's like two different kinds of issues, but, and so maybe it's, maybe it's your individual cells sending water out of the cell in and around and outside. I don't know, hmm. but I don't think I've ever experienced the puffiness. But. Well, and I, shifting gears just a little bit. One of the reasons why we decided to do this, who are we again and whatnot is, you know, something we haven't talked about in a while. And with there have been a number of major advancements, announcements, excuse me, in the diabetes community. And for those of you who may not be following things as closely as some of us, let's talk about let's tap on the fact that, you know, we we're having some major changes in the type one and the type two communities. Mm. One freestyle we're going libre 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 is that what we've decided we're, we're going libre? with libre i don't know libra <laughs> we like it's it gotta be libre. um has been approved it's approved and what uh, you know i think of the people with type 2 man that is going to make it in my mind management so much easier so much easier yeah hmm. so let's back away for a second explain what libre is this has been approved over in Europe for a while. Yeah. It's not a continuous glucose monitor. That is, is true. Yep. It is a different device, but it, it's about the size of a half dollar and it's, it, it barely raises above the skin and it's, it, you put it in, you put it in, there's no calibration necessary. And all you do is walk by with a device and you swipe it past it like a little, like the size of a meter, that device. So the size of a, a standard glucometer, you swipe past this ha- half dollar thing on somebody's arm, leg, stomach. I think it can go anywhere, yeah. Anywhere. Um, I, I would assume it's probably like the, the same CGM sites, yeah. you know, like leg, arm, stomach. And you swipe past it, and then it immediately gives you a number. So you're basically looking at a group of kids, you know, younger kids who have access to healthcare that will never know what it feels like to have to test their blood sugar. 
Oh my gosh, the finger pricks. You don't have to calibrate it. That's huge. Oh, it's huge. That is going to make such a big difference in, in in the quality of life for all people with diabetes. So we can't wait to hear how it goes for everybody. Yeah. Whoever decides to try it. And And if you're one of those people that are doing it or are about to, whatever, give us a write about it. My God, or we'll bring you on as a podcast guest. I would like to hear how it's changed your life. Oh, we can't wait. And Oh, think about the kids at nighttime who have to wake up to test or who their parents have had to wake them up for years to test their blood sugar. Jeez. No more. You think that they'll start using, using that like kids camps? Absolutely. They almost did it this year. Wow. They were thinking about it. But the the version that they had at camp this year didn't let anybody see it. It was like a re, it was like a research blinded number. Oh yeah, and yeah. so they nobody could actually see the number. So really, but next year I would assume there's going to be all kinds of libres. They should be, start preparing themselves for all the kid, the camps that are going to ask for sponsorships. <laughs> Just supply us with the the you know which they should if they want people to. It breaks your heart when you go in there and you have to prick somebody's finger. Oh yeah, you when did that. Sleep, you know. Yeah. It's just like it, when they're asleep, yeah. you guys don't wake them up. I mean, if the kid wakes up, then what if his hands are behind his head or like in his pants or something crazy? If don't they know. don't wake up, whenever you initially grab their hand, you usually just prick their finger and they don't even budge. And it's a lot easier than if the kid breaks wakes up. So they have their they're own used tester to it too. I mean, most of them are like seriously, like Trish talks about, like waking up with their hand like in the their hands just naturally like asleep in the air like ready for the prick <laughs> next to their head <laughs> okay does everybody have their own meter or do you have to change the lancet for we change the, same the lancet for every kid we use disposable lancets yeah well, throughout the, the whole camp all lancets are disposable no 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 like the the bone prickers oh god <laughs> to do that in the middle of the night to the kid is your guys are buttholes hey hey god. it's easier for them too because nobody gets woken up and they get used to it. These kids are tough. These kids are tough. Some of them, yeah, still, say this. Some of them still use their own lancets. If I would have gone to camp as a kid mm-hmm. and that was a part of it, I would have never, I'd been like, screw this, dude. Because the bone prickers are what, like, is probably the only thing I fear going into the endocrinologist. Mm-hmm. And you would have missed they out. Would... You would have missed out on the whole camp experience because of that. It's <laughs> <That's> crazy. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> okay. Other Major technology announcements. announcements. Animus is uh, is stepping out of the pump game. Stepping out of the pump game. Yep. You think it's? I mean, I'm, I don't know because I've never had a pump, but because the industry has changed so dramatically that they just it's not worth financially keeping it up. Mm-hmm. Production. I mean, that's unfortunate because I know that's affected a lot of people's lives that they're discontinuing that. And I have to say too, on the Facebook, all the T1D groups that I happen to be a part of, people are really stressed about that. It's tough. It's tough. If, if you're somebody for 10 plus years who's used only one, one. kind of insulin pump, that'd be a hard change. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was I, one of the big players. I mean, whenever I first got on a pump 15 years ago, the options were Animus and Medtronic. That was it? That How was many do you think it. there are now? Four, five, not very many. I mean, off the top of our head, you've got T-Slim. Or Tandem, I mean. Yeah, Tandem, Omnipod, Insulet, uh, Medtronic. Um, who else? I feel like I'm missing. We're missing somebody. Maybe not. But regardless, if you want more information on this, 
go to diabetesmind.com and read oh, yeah. one of the articles from Mike Hoskins. Cause Mike's really familiar with this whole process. Um, so check out Mike Hoskins. He's awesome. He is in the know when it comes to tech stuff. So just go to diabetes mind. Well, and I have to say, okay, so kind of shifting gears, but not really. So where I work, which is called healthy living OKC, which is a, an, a wellness center for people over the age of 50. We are, I'm hosting the very first as we're a new organization. We've only been open almost seven months is, um, a diabetes awareness day. Mm -hmm. And so when I started doing more research, mind you, I will say that out of the 3,700 plus members that we have, if you look at the statistics, especially for the state of Oklahoma, one in two people walking around, especially considering the age demographic is they either have diabetes or are pre-diabetes. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the programming that we do with so many wonderful community partners is about shifting that paradigm. We really want to show a difference in what they're learning, you know, what we're teaching them or providing educational components. We're not teaching them anything, the physical activity, the, all the engagement. But, um, in doing this, I, in doing the research too, I didn't realize how many of the pharmaceutical companies actually offer drugs for people with type two. So it just made me really feel uneducated down to the fact that Dexcom, it, it, depending on what plan you're on, or if you know, if you have to take insulin injections now as a type two, you are eligible through certain insurance plans. Interesting. Yeah. I, I would never have thought that, but it's a hard fight. I will say that it's not an easy thing for people with type two to get some of the technology, you know, the advancements in that. But I think it's worth all of us fighting for because, you know, our diabetes regimen is pretty much laid out for us when I, I feel sorry for some people with type two who were either misdiagnosed at some point or um, were never given the proper education. Right. Yep. And man, we got, we got to take that, take it up a notch for those people. We do. Yeah. And to backtrack just a second, hearing you speak, I think the reason why some of these pump companies have decided to exit or been forced to exit is because of the CGM pairing to insulin pumps and the closing of the loop. Right. And Medtronic has certainly staked a claim. Dexcom's working with Tandem. Dexcom's working with Omnipod. Um, are they working? Are they working with Night Scout? I'm not entirely sure. But basically, it's this arms race. Yeah. So who can close the loop and get it to the market cheapest, most effectively? And if you didn't, if you don't have a CGM that's on board with you, I think it would be really hard to compete. But yeah, getting back to what you're saying, oh man, yeah, the, the whole, um, the whole oral, um, glycemic control yeah. drugs, it's a huge market for people with type two diabetes. Well, and I didn't realize too, huge. in talking to a couple of folks, like I said, this week and doing my research, metformin, which is my words, I don't know, but it was what most people with type two are put on if they have to be put on some type of oral medication. Uh, there are generic forms. I, I mean, and I guess that makes sense because there's generic forms of insulin as an in injectable insulin as well. You know what I mean? Like, I just would never have thought that because I'm like, hey, I need a metformin rep. And they're like, why? <laughs> You've got everything, you know, you could go to, you can't buy it over the counter. You have to have a prescription, right? Yes. Yeah, I need a prescription. It does have its own, yeah, it, it needs a prescription. Could you take so much metformin that it would kill you? Um, like insulin? I mean, I don't know can't speak to that. I would, I would assume that there would be a toxic limit. Well, that's a it. toxic limit with anything. Yeah. Benadryl. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. 
Lots of things. I'm learning so much about the type two community right now. Has working at the center, you know, in your role where you're actively working with membership and you're working with people on their health and getting people engaged to turn their, their lives around and also connect health to happiness. Do you feel like you under, have you seen type two in a different light than say you'd seen type two in your previous years? Oh, absolutely. Um, how it organically comes up in conversation that when somebody says to me, uh, I just came back from the doctor's office and with all the tests, they watched my A1C go from a 8.3 to a, a 6.4, you know, and the question is, what have you been doing? Well, this person has been piddling around in the pool. I say that, you know, loosely and that they're not even water walking. They've got a noodle and they're just for the first time, maybe in however many years being active. Mm-hmm. And so, and the fact that now some people have been taken off their medications, their blood pressure wow. medications. I mean, so these are people, I mean, like I said, they don't have any idea that I have diabetes unless they see the, my tattoo or the, that I'm a robot and have something attached to my arm. <laughs> so, that? yeah. Um, and I also, it makes me sad too, to hear somebody say when that conversation does come up, Oh, you've got the bad kind of diabetes. Mm. And we've talked about this a million times. Mm. And I'm like, you know what? I really see it differently in that. It's not really a comparison. It's not a comparison and uh, lifestyle choices for both people with diabetes can be, you know, can change your numbers. That is such a good point that I think is often neglected is that people with type one, we often like to get on the soapbox and say like, if, if we could just, if we could just change our lifestyle, we would, we wouldn't have it. You know, I, I know we've heard that all like thousands of times and probably thought it from time to time, but you're so true. If we can do so much for our own life, if we just eat well and move and take care of our, and, and, and manage our relationship to stress, you're, you're Management so right. to stress. That's a big deal. There's a lot of parallels. And two, yeah. you look at, again, the demographic, you know, the, we, and we don't have a tagline. We don't even have a mission statement at this point, but the whole body experience and, you know, the person that is depressed whether they've lost a loved one or they don't have any friends because all their friends are, have now passed, you know, bringing the, that component back in is affecting everything as well. Mm. So the social, the educational, the spiritual, the physical, all of those things, you know, and usually what, what we're finding with some of the characters in the facility that are vocal about it, they tap into one first and then they kind of ease into the second one yep. and they make a friend that who's going to go take a Tai Chi class and then they kind of ease into it. And so, and the accountability, like we call, and this is a random, random example. And I'm not saying anyone's name, so I think I'm pretty okay with this, but um, we call everybody the week of their birthday. So I print out the list of everybody's birthdays. I have a volunteer call and I overheard her calling one of the members and this person was like, Oh, I haven't been in it for a while. I've been sick. And I was diagnosed with diabetes and she was like, Oh, I'm so sorry to hear about your diagnosis. And so as soon as she wrapped up the phone conversation, I went and inquired a little bit more because I wanted to know, is this person okay? You know, they're obviously a new diagnosis. They're stressed out. I don't know how old they are at this time. So I make a second phone call to that person. And I said, listen, this is who I am. Not only am I working for the facility, but I have diabetes. I just want to make sure that you have everything that you need. Is there anybody that I can put you in contact with? And everything that she said 
you know, I'm this age and I've never been sick in my whole life. And they gave me three diagnoses in one day and the desperation in her voice. And, you know, just, it just made me sad. A diagnosis holds a tremendous amount of power. Yeah. Right. And people feel defeated. And for the person, what I'm learning that has been, either they expect to be diagnosed with diabetes because they're, in this scenario, their words, not mine, overweight or have had a poor lifestyle that they feel like they deserved it. Mm. Or the person that is completely blindsided that they got it at this age and there's no family history. And I'm like, well, you know, what, you know so that's why we're creating this Diabetes Awareness Day is mm-hmm. we're going to bombard them with education and the right people at every table down to dental health. Nice. That um, these people get everything that they need to better manage the disease. Oh, I love it. I'm excited for resources, it. Resources, yeah. Really excited right. for it. What's the date? November seventh, twenty seventeen, and it's going to be just a kind of like a wellness fair, but specifically to diabetes. And the Oklahoma community has come out in waves, and mm-hmm. for me to be contacted, just like, hey, we heard. Oh wait, you know, like wonderful. It's overwhelming, yeah. <laughs> but it's really exciting at the same time. Well, diabetes pulls at the heartstrings of people in Oklahoma and in many states because it's impacted so many people. And it has such a heavy sense. Um, You know, as soon as you start talking about it with folks, there's a lot of people who've experienced some some rough things and have had family loss and personal loss. And 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 so it's cool to see people respond and say like, hey, let's let's get hey, let's get the information. Let's let's try to help people. Let's just go help. Well, and I want to say one other thing to that, because. I rarely get to go to the Oklahoma Diabetes Caucus anymore just because I'm so busy with work. But I made it a point is that the ADA was doing a little bit of a presentation and kind of a think tank situation. In addition to the fact that there has been a subcommittee or support group that has, it's an interim group. I I don't even know how to explain it, but we are about to change legislation we're proposing. And we have an audience of state legislators and senators and things like that that are ready to listen And I am just praying, and I don't even pray, literally, that Oklahoma will be a catalyst for the change in how our, um, how things are being done or how our, you know, the, the government is seeing these things because we have, we're like state number 49 in the highest numbers of diabetes. And we're sick of being the number one, excuse me, that like the, the number two or number three in all the bad categories. And so, there's great energy to go get after it. It's exciting. There is. Yeah, and some of that energy, I think, translates into the Harold Ham Diabetes Center Gala oh, that's happening gosh. next Monday night. So we're pumped. Positive get to go thoughts. Back. We get to do another podcast live. With the um, 1999 Miss America. Yeah. The first one to wear an insulin pump on the, what is it called? Runway? No, um... Competition. Yeah. Now, I remember. I remember it. Uh, it's it was all over the news. Time news. It was huge in the news. So, so we're excited. It's going to be an interesting experience for us. And it's a chance for everybody in Oklahoma to come together and uh, celebrate some progress. Yeah, I'm excited so for it, too. It's going to be good. We're excited. See all of our buddies over at Harold Ham. Yeah. All Harold Ham. Oh, one other thing I wanted to talk about. Mm, I don't know. If it comes to you, we can talk about it in the close. That's a fact. That's true. Okay. All right. Well, I think we touched on a lot. There's a little rambling, but I'm all very passionate. Yeah. Hey, just an update. Hey, so. diabetes. <laughs>
exciting times, possibly exciting the most times. exciting times because there's, um, I think there's the things that are happening right now in the world of diabetes treatment that actually, um, that r- like significantly decrease the burden on a person's day to day. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Libre, CGM, closed loop. I mean, this stuff's pretty awesome. I hope that the Diabetes Daily Grind and or the Real Life Diabetes Podcast, when if and when we ever step down, that, it, that somebody else picks it up. Because I would love to have a person who's now 10 years old or 20 years old share their experience about how the advancements in technology and everything that's going on right now impacted their life. Like we have talked about both being part of trials with inhaled insulin and things like that. Like, yeah. It'd be nice. It's kind of like a, a not a documentary, but a, a history lesson mm, in life a with the disease lesson. from a personal view, not from a clinical, you know? Uh, oh, yeah. It's you know, agreed. Agreed. To have a story shared like Tara Layman's, but uh, without have somebody have to give a pink or ha- without somebody having to go through a pancreas transplant. <laughs> and a kidney. You know? And a kidney. And a kidney. Yeah. yeah and let, so. I'm going to say one last thing because we're going to hopefully have this at a different part in the show, but. T1D exposed that calendar 2018. They're back. I mean, they are back in big time. So take a take a moment to check out their website. We'll add all the links and order a calendar. The money goes to good things. Get yourself a little nudity. Get yourself a little bit. You know what I want to have? To- okay, it's not full nudity. This is all tasteful. Tasteful nudity. That's right. Tasteful nudity. All in the name of Shine One Diabetes. Shed the shame. Shed the shame. Yes, I'm alive One minor inconvenience A little thing called diabetes It's a daily grind, it's a daily grind Grind and grind and grind and grind Didn't get this disease By eating too much candy Sugar, it ain't a pager, it's a pump But when I'm jonesing, it comes in handy Tell me, sugar mama, what's your A1C? Are you into endocrinology? Pricker is a pricker and the pumping is pumping. Beats like Wilford Brimley keep coming, but officer, I ain't been drinking. My blood sugar is low. Yeah, while I was out of town and while you were really busy, uh, it felt like something was missing from my life. Can you guess what it was? A woman? An iTunes review. <laughs> Oh, the first suggestion was absurd. Okay, so time to get into the iTunes review of the week winner. This is five stars. Comes from Lark2727, and it reads, Fun, helpful, and doesn't spike my glucose level. Woo! Exclamation point. Okay, here he goes. Thanks, Amber and Ryan, for putting out a podcast about diabetes. I've been binge listening since I discovered it, and it hasn't even spiked my blood sugar. I like that it's informative and motivational and also just simply real. I appreciate that at times you and your guests help me try to be a better diabetic. And at times you just put a voice to some of the frustration that I often try to keep silent within myself. Thanks again. Type one for 27 years. Mm. Mm. A, I think it's hilarious that the iTunes reviews brings you so much joy. It brings me joy too. Usually to tears, but Mm -hmm. we, uh, we appreciate you, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Big thanks. I assume it's a dude. Did it, did it say he? Uh-huh. We're going to look at reference that. But here's what we need to do. I hope you are listening. Send us an email. Info at diabetesdailygrind.com. 
Let us know where we can send you a t-shirt, what size is best for you, and if you'd like a blue or charcoal. Gray! Yeah. <laughs> we had a fight on who would sell the most t-shirts. Anyway. There it is. There it is. Hit us up. Thanks for the iTunes review. That is one of the best ways that you can help the show is by going to iTunes, clicking on a review, jotting down something simple. It gets the show out to many more people if they just search diabetes inside of iTunes. So it helps us spread the word. And we're inching closer and closer to that 60,000 download mark. I was mark. just going to say that. I'm so we're, we're getting pumped. And again, if you'd like to support the show today, you can go down to the show notes page um, through diabetesdayground.com. Click on the PayPal link. Um, or whatever link we come up with. Or it's going to be PayPal for this one. Yeah. And whenever you click, follow it and uh, and, and Helps give, out, give yeah. in any way you can, if possible. If not, our intention is to continue to deliver free episodes. That's why we're doing this. We just want to help. So. Well, you know, with the exception of throwing some change away, like the like, love, and share, it is, it's cool. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. All right. Awesome. Sounds good. All right, to everybody. Another, to, another, to another show. Cheers to the highs and lows. Cheers to the highs and lows. Pricker to the finger to deliver the prick. Wake up tomorrow and it starts again, but I'm alive. Yes, I'm A little thing called diabetes It's a daily grind, it's a daily grind And it grinds and grinds and grinds You've got to watch what you're you got to watch what you're eating What do you call it? What do you call it? Is it diabetes or diabetes? Let's see Grind is grinding you down Always having to check To see if your level is up or down What'd you have for dinner? What'd you have for lunch? Did you have too many or not enough? Getting all of the levels to shoot up Shoot up, shoot up, shoot up, shoot up, shoot up And I'm alive Yes, I'm A little thing called diabetes It's a daily grind, it's a daily grind And it grinds and grinds and grinds and grinds But I'm alive Yes, I'm alive One minor inconvenience A little thing called diabetes It's a daily grind, it's a daily grind It's a daily grind and it grinds and grinds and grinds